I don't know any other place in the Bible where the Lord calls you a liar. Whoever says they love God but hate their brother is a liar. How can you love God whom you've not seen but hate your brother whom you have? Well, thanks for being with us on another episode of If That Makes Sense. This is Tim. My name's Robbie. And today's actually a little different. We're coming at a different sort of topic. You're used to usually hearing us, a couple of us in our 20s, co-workers here at Family Life, talking about what life's like from our perspective and issues we're dealing with. But today we got you with us, Sunny Delphiette. And we're grateful that it's still a talk within the family, co-workers, brothers in Christ. But as an African-American man, you've got a perspective on our topic today that we don't have. Mm. We're talking about racial tensions, race relations in America, and where we're at today. So thanks so much for being with us. My pleasure. I, I start to laugh because it's 20-somethings, and <laughs> September will be my 40th year in radio. So <laughs> get off my lawn! <laughs> I wasn't going to make you date yourself yeah, or anything. Okay. But, That's all right. but you started radio when you were born, right? The yeah, there you, you go. Yes. Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> we're going to be referencing a couple times in our conversation today a video interview that Sonny was a part of about this same topic there's going to be a link to that in the show notes, and I strongly recommend you check that out. Sonny, would you would you bless us just starting us in a word of prayer? Yes. Father, this is not a conversation for us. It's a conversation through you. Uh, please give us the words that anyone who hears this does not find offense as mm-hmm. we just try to talk as brothers in Christ, not black brothers and white brothers in Christ, but brothers in Christ. And may you be glorified in it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mm, amen. I'm hearing things that I'm thinking, that's that's answering a question for me. That's, wow, I need to be prayed for by you more often. Um, so our work is done. Thank so, you. Wow. <laughs> okay, that's all we got. <laughs> you said it right there, though, about offense. Like, just yeah. may there not be any offense. And that's what I'm wondering, even as we start here, when this conversation mm. is front burner in our country, I, I would just imagine, I would guess, you get more questions from people like us mm. saying, Sonny, what do we think? Sonny, what do you think? Sonny, what do we do about... Is there ever a way in which even that can come across as, well, one, can it be exhausting, but can it even be even be offensive? Because you've seen the video that George Sweat and I did. Uh, George is with yes. Genesis Bible Church. But um, even in that, when he first reached out and said, hey, would you like to come talk about it? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, but I just felt God saying, well, I put you in this position. You know, you're at family life, and um, you're the lone African-American at family life. And who better to speak um, from your perspective than you? So, you know, I, I can't imagine having to answer it every single day because it would be tiring. And it's tiring just being on social media. It's like, okay, sleep, <laughs> sleep, unfollow. You just, it's amazing what people feel is more important nowadays, and it's not glorifying God. It's about proving their points. But it's an honor for me to sit down and just see what God does right now mm-hmm. in this conversation. I feel like that leads into one of the questions that I always wonder. Mm-hmm. You know, you refer to yourself as African-American. And so even the term, is it is it black? Is it African-American? Do you have a preference? Is it just person to person? I mean, yeah. how does that all work? I mean, I, I've, I, I guess if you say, um, Sonny, can you describe yourself by race? I would probably say I'm a black American, um, African-American. I mean, I'm not offended by either or. And, and it's interesting. It seems like the older black Americans say black because <laughs> it was back in James Brown's day uh, when he was a singer. And 
we did not have voting rights and we did not have the ability to live in neighborhoods, um, which unfortunately they're still redlining. But he had a song, Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> it wasn't to push anyone else down. It's that, okay, as we're treated as second-class citizens, we need to find some pride in our, in our heritage and in our race. So I've been a black man from early, and then when they said, well, it's African-American. And I went to school with this kid from uh, Africa. He was white. <laughs> and he said, am I African-American? And yes, he was. He's, he's, he's white. He's, he's a European descent, but he was African-American by definition. So, you know, I, I don't think it's uh, – uh, I hope no one takes offense either way. But some have. You know, I've said – to your brothers before, hey, hey, brother, how you doing? I, mm-hmm. I forgot how I said it, and the guy just exploded on me. But you just mm-hmm. never know where someone's heart is, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. for me, I'm good either way. <laughs> and that seems like part of what is so difficult about where we find ourselves right now, but really where we where we are, mm-hmm. where we always are, is just in a place of yes, there's people who are blatantly, intentionally provocative yes. or, or offensive. But then you've you've got a lot of people who, one, just don't know better or two, are, are trying, but they don't know where they might be stepping on, on people and yeah. where they might be, oh, whoops, I, I made a misstep there. But like, we know we're not perfect. Are there things folks like us do that just, that are really offensive? And we don't know it. Because I tend to think, oh, I'm, I'm not racist. Oh, mm. that, that's not me. I'm not. But maybe there's things I'm blind to that I can't mm. see that, well, actually, you said this. and that, Or people people like us who think, well, I'm not, but yeah. maybe there is stuff that we don't even realize. And could you speak to that at all? Well, and again, this is just from my experience. Right. I'm not a professional. You know, sure. and, but um, for, for me, you know, racism is when you believe that the other race is inferior when you believe that you're superior, when you believe that that race should not be living next to you, when you believe that race should not have that job, should not be driving that car, should not um, be in office, is, uh, shouldn't be on family life, you know, the, mm. all of that. You, know, you shouldn't be in my church. Unfortunately, the most segregated time in America is Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, our churches are primarily all white, all black. You know, in many places there are some mixed congregations. But one thing that uh, I've always noticed and I've brought this up before. I've had guns pulled on me before. The first time I ever experienced a racial incident, I was seven or eight years old, wine dance, Long Island, New York. I'm walking down the street, and these kids are walking past me. Oldest may have been 12, you know, and 12, 10, 7, 6, just a bunch of kids, white kids. And they had this look on their face. And I didn't know what the look was. I'm just walking home, you know, and I had my German Shepherd with me. And as they walk by, they're, they're giggling and they're just looking at me. And it's, a, it's an evil look. And suddenly I see rocks go over my head and I turn around and they're like, go home in. And they say the N-word. And I'm looking around like, who are they talking to? I'd never heard the N-word before. But what I saw was their look, the look that they gave me. The first time someone drove by me and, and pulled a gun, it was that same look. You know, the, the second time, it was that same look. I'm walking down the street in Wheeling, West Virginia, just walking down the street, and this guy pulls a gun out, and it's that same look, you know, don't do it, and I'm, I'm prepared to hear him kill me. You know, I didn't know what to do, but it's that look, and I think if you listening to this, if you find yourself looking at people who don't look like you that same way, if you feel them walking into the room and suddenly your mood changes, and 
you start to give them, you, you may not know the look, you know, but your eyes are scrunched all of a sudden and you, you feel your whole persona change. Hmm. You might be dealing with racism within yourself. I've been so accustomed to seeing that look. You know, it's just a look of hatred and knowing, okay, I need to still up. You know, I, I need to, this person's thinking about, and I've been wrong. <laughs> I've definitely been wrong, but I see that look and that look is almost always first before the gun comes out, before the words come out. But I remember um, being so wrong one time when I was working in West Palm Beach, Florida area, and I'm walking through this mall, and this guy's just eyeballing me, and I just exploded. This is before Christ. <laughs> Make this clear. BC. BC. And I'm like, what the? You looking at? And the guy said, I'm sorry. I thought you were Sonny from the radio station. And it's like, oh, oh you. <laughs> and that's happened a few other times where people are staring. I'm like, can I help you? Aren't you Sonny? Oh, yes, I'm Sonny. <laughs> but when it's almost like PTSD, you know, when it happens mm-hmm. over and over and you just it, it's your first first place you go is. Okay, this person meaning, so it's those looks. And maybe as you hear this, you you notice that you're giving people those looks too. Why? You know, if you're giving people looks based on their the color of their skin, then you might want to uh, you might want to just ask God to search your heart. Mm-hmm. But that is something that I see that, mm-hmm. you know, it's unfortunate when when that look changes, when there's people are smiling and all of a sudden they stop. So I see. I think that's even a good reminder for just walking around anywhere you walk, because yeah. I have such a tendency to just, oh, I don't I look down and I and I'm I tend to just I don't want them to think I'm whatever. And, and so I just tend to look down. It's like, mm-hmm. man, I, that's just a good reminder. Just Keep your head up. Yeah, yeah. Smile yeah, at yeah. people. Man, and you the, find if someone smiles at you, you smile oh, back. Word. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, and many times, even when people are giving you that look, you know, I, I smile back, you know. And I had I had to learn that because mm-hmm. I was so used to fighting back. I've been, all my fingers are broken. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not an angel. I, I have fought many times. I grew up in West Virginia. So it was easy to, for me to find a fight as you know, either a black man getting into a fight with someone white or someone black because they're going through the same stuff and mm. they're they're on a 10 at all times. So I was on a 10 and, until I started dating my wife in Baltimore. And I'm sitting on the couch at 32 years old like this. And for those who can't see it, my fists are bald. You know, and I'm, yeah. I'm on the couch in my home like this on a 10. And she's like, baby... You know, because it's constant, constant, over and over, and you don't know how to let it go. But praise God, you know, he sent me Nicole, and she's like, you need to chill out. (laughs) And she honestly just started rubbing my arm and saying, baby, you know, and Mm. she spoke Christ into me. Mm. So because of her, uh, one of the reasons why I'm here. That's beautiful. Serving the Lord. That's beautiful. God is good. But can I say, don't, please don't feel like you need to walk around on eggshells around people. You know, Mm -hmm. I've seen people with anger and I've smiled and some of them smile back. Some don't. But that's that's their problem at that Mm -hmm. point, because your your job is not to uh, change them, but to say who you are. And if you can say, you know, okay, I'm having a bad day, you know, and just smile and keep walking. At least your day is not disrupted. You know, you talk about that experience of being in your own home with your fist yeah, ball because yeah. you're just, like you said, you're on a 10 all the time on alert. And you said, you know, sometimes that leads you into a fight with somebody else because they're they're in the same situation. Mm-hmm. They're always on a 10. 
And earlier, you know, in your prayer, you mentioned not not thinking about it as, as white brothers and sisters in Christ and black brothers and sisters in Christ. But what are the words? What are the responses? What's the heart that we need to interact with this issue with as Christians when I realize Robbie and I don't have to be on a 10 mm-hmm. all the time? Yeah. You know, like I don't want to say, oh, all black people have this experience, yeah. all white people. Have this. Yeah. But at the same time, there is a, a difference in the fact that, you know, you were in an area where you knew yourself and probably a lot of other people who looked like you felt like that all the time. Mm. So where is the place for that actual acknowledgement of the different struggle? Well, but everyone struggles differently also mm. um, because I, I have friends who have not gone through anything like I've gone through. And I have friends who have gone through much worse, much worse. You know, I have friends who... Uh, one of my DJ friends when I worked in Greenville, South Carolina, had counted being pulled over 19 times by the cops and roughly 10 times by the same cop and many times on felony stops. I don't know if you know what a felony stop is, but that's when they pull guns on you and say, get out of the car and make you lay on the ground. And it was the same cop over and over again where he had to file a complaint and you have to lay on that hot cement while everyone drives by and they pull everything out of your car and the same cop over and over again. Same thing happened with the cousin in New York. He wanted to be an NYPD officer. He had stopped counting it 25 times to stop and frisk, where they would just stop you and say, against the wall, and search you. Same cop about 10, 15 times, you know. So they were much worse for them. Uh, when it comes to police officers, uh, I almost became an officer. And I don't know if that's in my DNA that officers typically see me and say, hey, you know, I, I've never had an issue with uh, police in themselves. But, but you're right. All of, it, we all have, are so different. You know, I, I've shared some stuff on Facebook and half of my African-American friends say that that never happened to me. And the other ones are like, you think that was something? Mm. So, and, and same with white folks that any other race, you've had your own struggles. So maybe your struggle isn't race. Maybe your struggle is pride. Maybe your struggle is alcohol. Maybe your struggle is abuse. Because we all have our struggles, you know, what, whatever that struggle is. Maybe that struggle is just your, your, own, your own self-worth. You know, we, we may struggle there, unfortunately. But we, we know that God is worthy. I, I'm praying that people just hold on to that. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, unfortunately, you, right now you're seeing suicides rise. People giving up. Mm-hmm. People just not believing that life is worth living. So whatever that struggle is, please don't give up. Yeah, one of the things I wonder is, well, what what can I do? What should I do? What should I say? How can I be what I'm supposed to be in, in terms of racism and the way that God views all of us? And what should I do? Walk humbly. <laughs> <laughs> we we know we know not only the lyrics of the song, but we know uh, scripture how we're to walk and how we're to be. But I think when you realize what some people may perceive as as racism, when you realize that, when you realize that you're changing because of it, it's kind of like that car you like that. Oh, that's a neat car. Once you notice that car, you see it everywhere all of a sudden. You know, I like that Nissan Rogue. Wait a minute, there's five million of them. You know, <laughs> or whatever. It's yeah. the same with when you realize what racism is or what some may perceive as racism, when you realize it, you may realize you're doing it or you may yeah. realize your friends are doing it. And and that's my hope that uh, as you listen to this, not that you're offended, that you're saying, wait, you're okay. Yeah, I, I do change when I do have these thoughts of people. This is not 
a guilt trip on white folks. This is a guilt trip on anyone who professes Jesus is, is savior because we can't be hating other people based on their race. You know, um, you see the struggles between uh, Asians and African-Americans in, in black communities. Many of the stories are Asian-owned, so it's boom, boom, boom. It's heads budding, you know, and you, you see other races that have issues outside of black and white. And if you, again, are in these communities and you feel this now that you're aware of what it is, that you're cognitive of what it is, what, wait, am I racist because I, I frown when these people come around? I don't like these people. I wish these people weren't here. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's racism. Mm-hmm. 101, ding, hit mm-hmm. the bell. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. <laughs> well, well, it's interesting that you, you say that, too, because I my, my sister lives down in Virginia, mm. and she's like, well, yeah, I've, uh, there's this lady in our church who's like, oh, I don't understand all this racism stuff yeah. that's going on. You know, we had a... We had a, a black servant, and we treated him just like family. You know, he had to eat outside, but we treated him just wow. like family. Yeah. And she's like, this is a woman in my church yeah. who doesn't even realize the racismness of that statement yeah. to realize, I don't understand all this. Hey, we treated him just the same, except he had to eat outside. You know, it's yeah. like, wow, what? Like, how, how can we have our eyes open to things like that where wow. I think, unfortunately, so much of it is is taught. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's the way she grew up. That's and so the way of life. Yes. And that's, she doesn't even realize it because it's what's normal to her, even though it shouldn't be. And, that, and she's still doing that? Does she still have? Well, or is that years no, ago? No, no. This is like she's like when we were growing up, okay, we had, 50s, yeah. you know, yeah. we had a servant. If you no. think someone has to have a place outside mm. of the norm, then mm. therein lies the problem. And his place, and that is part of racism, that you don't belong here. You know, mm. you don't belong in this house. You you can you can serve me, but you, you better go eat outside. But mm. yes, that's another part of the ugliness of racism that she is saying this with love. I right. guarantee she said that with love. Absolutely. I love him. And um but I don't love him. You know, how do you love him? I love him from afar. <laughs> as long as he's out there. And it's amazing that there are some that won't allow you to to use their utensils. So wow. Yeah. This is 2020. Mm-hmm. Right. Deep breath. <laughs> Maybe this is answering itself just in the question. Hmm. How do we bring to the Lord sins in ourself that are that we don't notice yet, that hmm. are unconscious, you know? Search me, O oh Lord. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, again, if, if you really mean it, search me, O oh Lord. And don't be offended by the answer. You know, Father, whatever is in me that, find, that you find offensive, you know, please prick my heart. Let me know. I don't know any other place in the Bible where the Lord calls you a liar. In First John four twenty, you know, mm-hmm. whoever says they love God but hate their brother is a liar. Mm-hmm. How can you love God whom you've not seen but hate your brother whom you have? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's. I, I hold on to that all the time, and I notice. You know, we all have our struggles, but when you when you're cognitive of those struggles, because I, I'm. I'm that way uh, sometimes. I may catch myself seeing someone, whatever, however they look, and I judge them. And because I'm aware of it, it's like a in the mm-hmm. chest real quick. Say, like, oh, nope, you cannot do that. <laughs> you cannot do that. Mm-hmm. And it does prick my heart. Um, and I've shared on Facebook a few times. Let this be the week that everyone you see that looks different from you, you smile at. Mm-hmm. Or you at least give them a chance. You have a daughter who's herself a young adult. Yes. She's living in today's world. How's her How's her experience today different than 
yours at her age? Not even close. You know, my baby girl um, will be 24 in August, and she's a full-time teacher in Dallas, Texas. And um, she is not perceived as a threat because she's a very attractive woman who uh, is fair-skinned. You know, so many people have said things to her that they thought were compliments that were were actually racist. You're the whitest black girl I know. I'm just like, excuse me? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. meant that as a compliment. She's like, that's not a compliment. So she's not thought of as a threat as many black men are. After slavery was abolished, they, they started this vagrancy law thing that only applied to black men, that if you didn't have a job, you went to, back to jail which would be a plantation, working on a plantation for free. You know, mm-hmm. the Jim Crow era, many of the people who were hung were black men. You know, so it, we unfortunately have been looked at as a, a threat as soon as we walk into a building. It's, mm-hmm. That's where those looks come in. And my baby girl is not looked at that way. You know, her, her racism has been a little more subtle. Comments that people probably don't mean to be ugly, but... I've had people say to me, uh, I wish more black people were like you. Like, well, you know, you're articulate and you're a nice guy. And I think of all the black folks I know, and I'm not even in the top 100, okay? (laughs) I mean, I have doctor friends and and lawyer friends. And that's, yeah, that's bananas. But my baby girl does not, fortunately, has not gone through that. And Nicole, my my wife, who grew up in Baltimore, um, has gone through some stuff, but not people pulling guns. Mm -hmm. You know, it just verbal threats mm. you know, to have a gun pulled on you for no reason <laughs> just to try to intimidate you is amazing but i'm here yeah. i'm here god is good mm. you know god truly believe god is protecting me in a mighty way i do need to say uh for those who ha- didn't see the video with george and i that um we've experienced stuff here also you know we were taking my daughter to a volleyball camp at houghton college christian college for those who don't know and wasn't the school, let me be clear, but we stopped at a gas station and that look, a guy giving me that look as I talked about, you know it when you see it, you know, and it was a very evil look. He pulled before me, uh, he's, he, he pulled out in front of me and as we're driving, he's eyeballing me in the mirror and then he shows me a gun, you know, and he's just trying to intimidate us. That happened near Houghton College and my, my beloved wife called the N-word at the fair, you know, it's like, you F and N, and if anyone ever meets my wife, if you like me, you'll love her. <laughs> 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 she has she she is more likely to pray for you than pray on you. But just the ugliness that people believe is is like the woman who said, "Okay, yeah, we we loved him, but he had to eat outside." That it's their right to be that hateful because they're used to it. You know, I'm at the tractor supply store, and this cute little two or three year old is in the buggy before me. And the mom, as she steps to the side, this is in Bath, uh, he looks at me and says, get in. And he says the N-word, get. Mm. I, don't, I don't know if he knew any other words <laughs> but that. How do you respond to that? You know, that that's obviously taught. Someone said, if you see one of them. So, ah, mm. you know, and I didn't respond because if I, do I yell at a child? Mm. And the N-word, while it's been used to lynch tens of thousands, it's been used to sell it's been used to burn at the stake uh, black Americans. The N-word, when you look at integration efforts, you see the Confederate flag and you hear go home in and death to ends. That word has so much power. So when someone uses it, it's not just a word. You know, black folks have used it trying to take the power out of it. 
I hear someone black saying it, pretty good chance they're not about to attack me. But if I hear some, someone white or someone of another race, there's a pretty good chance they're ready to attack me. But who has the power? You know, I remember a homeless man called me an in um, back in West Palm Beach. He's like, you effing in? And I turned around. I'm like, who are you talking to? He's like, you. I'm like, but I live in that house on the beach and I have a car. And are you still in? in? Okay. Well, that's what you think I am. Because that's the only power he had was that word he had he couldn't fight me at the time I was fighting full contact in martial arts and I was in pretty good shape (laughs) boy that was a long time ago (laughs) (laughs) but those who we give that power to and not only just that word just in life in general who do we give that power to you know the people who we feel threatened by are are they really a threat is it just their words are they really a threat that little boy was not a threat neither was his mom so that's why I didn't respond like Mm. I'm not going to respond to this child and his mom because his mom, I saw her stiffen up. So what do I do? Do I yell at her? And then she, he's attacking me. No, Mm -hmm. I I wasn't going to give that child just like I didn't give the homeless person, just like I didn't give this other guy who said it and walked by. They're no threat to me. You know, if the only power you have is that word, well, I'm glad I just made your day. (laughs) You know, I just, and I'm not, I'm not speaking for everyone because I have friends who would just start swinging, just go crazy. And I'm, I'm talking to them. I'm like, who are you giving this power to? You know, when, when you know you're really in trouble, but if you're, who are you giving this power to? So mm. I'm not, I'm not trying to point fingers. I'm just telling you how I went through it and how God has brought me through it. Because I'm praying you hear God. I'm praying you hearing his love. It, there's, there's no need for us to always want to fight. And I had to, I have to tell myself that sometimes because it's so ingrained. And yeah. And when I realize it, I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> Devil's got a hold on you, homeboy. <laughs> it's time to get on your knees and give this back to God. So every day, you know, spend time with the Lord. Father, help me today. Help me not to be who I am. Help me to be who you are. This has been another episode of If That Makes Sense. Thanks so much for listening along with us today. And if you feel like you've learned something from today's conversation, please feel free to share it in the places that you share things you care about with the people you care about in your life. Please also feel free to check out the other Family Life original content at fln.org slash podcast. Therese Talk with Family Life's own Therese Main and 10 Minutes With interviews with artists and other Christian names that you'll know all in 10 minutes. We're looking forward to talking with you in the next one.